0: Welcome back to The Huddle. It is the last day of the year, December 31st. If you missed anything from our first hour today, you can check out our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts on the free Odyssey app or anywhere else. We had a fun one. We're talking about your sports New Year's resolutions throughout the show today. What things won't you do or what will you change in the new year? A couple of them coming to the WCCO Talk and Text Line, 651-461-9226. My New Year's resolution is no matter how good gopher hockey is, I will never expect them to win a national championship. Too many frozen four exits without one. Yikes. It's a tough group, Pete. What Do you have yours ready?
3: I do, finally. And All right, Pete. It, mine's fairly simple, though, and I, and I I think Charlie will have something better. But for me, it's, you know, you hear me every week talking about how impressed I am with the Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards is great. I, I think... Uh, you know, Big Cat is unbelievable. Rudy is unreal. I, I I really love this team, right? I haven't been to a basketball game oh, at Target Center I since I don't know come. when. And I say that as a guy who had the original season tickets sitting in the Metrodome with my dad uh for multiple years and then going to Target Center. We still had tickets and the whole deal and blah, blah, blah. And I so I've got to get there. I, I've got to get to a game, at least one, and see if the atmosphere is great and and if I'm excited about what's going on because I'm excited about the team that we've got. I'm excited yeah. about all the different players and and you know Conley and you know it just kind of a, a long list of of greatness I think over there. But problem for me is I haven't seen him in person and I got to do that.
0: I you know what that's a great New Year's resolution. <laughs> wow. I am, I'm sure someone out there has tickets and would want... I would go... They've gotten expensive
4: now. They've gotten real expensive, those I would tickets. like
0: to sit... Uh, that's something I've never done in my life. I've never sat courtside.
3: Oh, you got to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, that sounds pretty fun. Six <laughs> I would like that.
0: <laughs> Charlie, we don't live uh, in, in that
4: world, yeah. brother. You, I you and I, I are don't oh, soon, <laughs> I don't see that happening anytime soon. Come on. We just got
3: to tap uh, Brad uh, on the shoulder and say, Hey, Brad, how about some, uh, you know... I know like, we'll, like, see. <laughs> we'll see. Where's
0: our view... Where's our listeners with courtside seats? <laughs> yeah. 651-461-9226. Before, we've got some more coming in, and, and we'll revisit this. I love this. This is fun. Um, let's continue to have your resolutions as we go later in the show. But we have to start the second hour here, Pete, uh, a little quickly here because college football, uh, everyone feels the same way, I think, about this. So Georgia – just blows out Florida State last night. Mm -hmm. It's 63-3. to (laughs) Um, And Florida State, because of transfers, opt-outs, and injuries, they were playing without players who were responsible for 97% of their passing yards, 88% of their rushing yards, and 84% of their receptions this season. So basically the entire team said, you know what, we're not in the top four. Heck with you. We're not going to play. I have some really strong feelings about this what What are your thoughts on the on this game and just how it all went down?
3: Yeah, not just that game, but any of the games, quite honestly, Dave I mean, I think the reality for me is uh i 'm tired of seeing the fact that these guys all opt out of these bowl games and and i the one guy I heard actually address this and talk about it multiple times throughout the broadcast was uh, remember uh, Andre Ware, remember yes. Andre Ware, <laughs> the warehouse and all that kind yep. of stuff. Yep. But he brought it up, and I, I fully agree with him. You know, this is, you're giving up on your team. Now, the next question would be, well, what about an injury, Pete? And I would say, well, couldn't you have gotten injured in the, the last couple of games that you played? Maybe maybe these guys will all start saying, you know what, I'm not going to play in the last two games of the season. Yeah. I, I You know, I don't want to risk it. And, and is that really where we're going? Is that what college athletics is really supposed to be teaching us? And I got a great example for you. So I, I was looking around and I was thinking about the, the coaching. You know, we, we we always talk about coaching and, and, and the different levels in which they have and the coaching trees and everything. How about somewhere like North Dakota State? So Chris Kleiman's there at K-State. Uh, Craig Bull's at Wyoming. Bob Babich has been in the NFL, so that doesn't really matter. But John Ertz just took off and went to USC, but he's been the head coach at North Dakota State. These guys have developed a culture where kids buy in and play in and play when it matters, including the bowl games that they go to. And I was so impressed with that that great big guard from Kansas State, and they focused on this whole thing. And he's a top, potentially first-round, for sure second-round draft pick and he's playing in there, and Dave, he was Mm -hmm. playing on special teams. The guy was playing as one of the lead blockers on the punt team. So here's a guy who's out there doing his thing, helping his team at the bowl game. And by the way, there still is insurance. There always was insurance. Players could get insurance to say, hey, look, I'm going to play. If something were to happen, I want this policy. That gives them at least the financial security that if they got hurt in a bowl game or whatever, then – they could be able to, you know, at least have insurance upon that injury or whatever. But I just am impressed with that whole coaching tree from North Dakota State because all of those different teams that they've gone to, those players play. They set up, they play with their team. They're part of the team, and and that's the culture that they've developed. And for whatever reason, we don't have that anywhere else. These guys all just say, you know what? I'll be in the NFL, so forget it. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I get the I get the fact that you could say that. But the reality is, if you say that, what what are you saying to the rest of the team and Your why team. didn't you yep. just stop in the in the end of the actual regular season? It's and, weird and
0: do all of those players that opted out really have a great shot at having a good NFL career <laughs> I, I mean I'm not you know all the names here's what I, here's what I'm going to propose and and because clearly bowl games are and, and the college football playoff, they're already taking into, into account what players are going to be there right i think we all agree if florida state's starting quarterback was healthy they would have been in the top 4 yep so here's what i think i think teams should be required to report their starters for a, before they get selected into the bowl game these guys should have to decide and say are you playing or not cuz if you're not we don't want you in this bowl game so that we can have a 60 to 3 loss to Georgia as a school, I don't want that. If I'm at Florida state, I'm furious today. That was an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. That was not, not only, not only is that just bad for your fans who, who traveled and paid money to play it, to, to watch that game. Your school looks like a joke. They would they have with all their starters? Would they have beaten Georgia? I don't know, but it would have been at least a better uh, showing and couldn't have been worse with. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> With with potential recruits watching and all these things, this kind of loss, yes, it's a, it's a bowl game, so maybe it doesn't matter as much. But this kind of loss is a huge embarrassment for your school and could have the possibility of having a ripple effect uh, in, in spiraling downward with, with the players you get. I think you should – I think bowl games, before they select you, they should be able to say, okay, who's playing and who's not because we want to know. And that's how we – that's part of the criteria. We have – we have academic criteria now. We, you know, we want to know your grades. Why not? I'd much rather know if you're playing or not than whether you got an A, B, or a C in philosophy 101 because that doesn't help me. I, I'm glad that they did. I think teams should have to, They should have to tell them who is going to play in the bowl game before they get selected for the bowl game.
3: Yeah, I, there there's always problems with everything though and I, I think yeah. there would be problems there. Guys could say they're going to play and then they don't and then they're standing there with just to maybe their jersey on on the sidelines <laughs> like we've seen so many times. You know, Dave, a lot of this just comes down to the whole genie out of the bottle. The NIL, the portal, all of these things. You know, the the idea behind them probably a pretty good idea, but the implementation of how this actually happens and, and how the portal actually works and how often guys can go in there and just leave and go school after school after school after school. And then maybe they probably don't graduate. I would bet you the graduation rate for these multiple portal entries and exits yep. uh, has got to be way down because there's just no way that, yeah, there's no way they couldn't. And they haven't figured it out. They haven't figured that out. They haven't figured NIL. The genie, as I say, is out of the bottle. And they still, there is so much they need to do to make it better if they can. But once that thing was opened, (laughs) you know, this has opened up even more of this where you've got these players that are saying, I'm not going to play in the bowl game. (laughs) Well, some of these guys,
0: we had a, a, a listener to the, uh, WCCO talking text line say not all the opt outs at FSU were NFL combine candidates. They were portal transfers, which which makes a great point. Why is the and it why is the portal transfer before the season ends? Right. Shouldn't it be after the bowl game so that that way? Uh, again, if you think you're going to leave, then fine. However, I'd say this: if I'm going to transfer, I want that one game. I want that last game to show. So that's a way to keep to way to to keep these guys. Uh, going. So interesting here uh, to the uh, talk and text line, 651 All three of my kids graduated from FSU recently. The fan base was actually calling for a boycott of the game. So Florida State fans really didn't care about the game. Hmm. Interesting. All right, let's take a break. Uh, coming up next, if you think things are bad with quarterbacks here, try being in Denver. We'll talk about what's going on with Russell Wilson and the Broncos with Mike Cliss, beat writer for Nine News out in Denver. He joins us next on The Huddle. Call from mom. Answer it. Call
1: silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
5: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: Welcome back to the huddle. 11-21 this morning. The Denver Broncos have benched. Former Wisconsin Badger Russell Wilson out in Denver in favor of Jarrett Stidham, but who do you believe? Was he told that if he didn't get if he didn't uh, waive an injury guarantee that he'd be benched? Did he was he not? To shed some light on the information, Mike Cliffs is the Broncos beat writer for Nine News in Denver. Is the absolute best in the business when it comes to uh, on the Denver Broncos. Mike, thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. Good to have you. Sure. Never a dull moment on the Broncos, beat. There never <laughs> is, is there, Mike, joining us yeah. on the John Schuster uh, Coldwell Baker Hotline. Mike, I was looking at the timeline of this, and it sounds like so. it was reported that he was threatened. You wrote <laughs> that this is not true. Russell Wilson doubles down on it yesterday and says it is. And he says it comes after their win over Kansas City, in which they won 24-9, to and he threw three touchdowns. To me, something doesn't add up here. Why would they threaten to bench him after that performance? Who's telling the truth here?
2: Well, it was um, what happened after the Chiefs game. And... Um, did he throw three touchdowns in that game? In the um,
0: second game, right? It was is it the second game that he says? That's what he said it was. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'd have to go back. I thought that was a field goal. A bunch of field goals in that game against Kansas City. But anyway, um what happened was at that particular time, all right? In going into the bye week. You
0: wait, Mike, you're right. That's the second game. I was looking at the first game. My apologies. Go yeah, ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he it was it was a field goal game. And, and he... any and the offense struggled the week before against the Packers. So um, Sean Payton had got to the point where he was dissatisfied with uh, with Russell Wilson running his offense. And he goes to – they had a summit meeting, and Sean said that to, to everyone, to Greg Penner, the owner, to George Payton, the general manager. And um, at that point, they decided that they would try – to uh, uh get the get the um, uh, injury guaranteed move back a year so it wouldn't affect so he could continue to play in twenty twenty three without that uh, injury without a injury risk um, triggering in a guarantee for uh twenty twenty five which is thirty seven million no matter what he's getting thirty nine million next year at 39, 39 million. Was guaranteed at uh, signing when he signed the contract a year ago. He um, the thirty-seven million kicks in on the fifth day of the league year, which is March seventeenth of this year. So if he can pass a physical on March seventeenth uh, and he's still on the roster on March seventeenth, he gets thirty-seven million in twenty twenty-five. Mm-hmm. The Broncos tried to move that back, and uh, it does uh, it does appear that. Um, it does appear that, uh, you know, in, in, in negotiating, someone on the Broncos uh, regrettably said, and I think they were bluffing, they obviously were bluffing, uh, said, uh, hey, if you don't uh, move this guarantee back, we're going to bench you. Mm. And so that was regrettable. That, that, that statement right there got the Broncos um, in, in a little bit of a hot water here. Um, the fact is they didn't bench him. Again, I think they were bluffing just a little bit. And um, now maybe maybe the union got involved and said, hey, you can't do this. And so uh, in order not to get penalized, they, they kept playing him. I, I don't think that's the case. If you look at Sean Payton and the way he's treated Russ it, over those next seven games, I mean, he berated him on the sidelines against the Chargers. He berated him on the sidelines. Against the uh, Detroit Lions, everyone saw that one. No one saw the Chargers. It happened to sh- uh, go on the uh, video board, the big video board at SoFi Stadium. I saw it happen, and uh, it clearly happened. But um, you know, Sean just didn't like Russell Wilson running his offense, and so he told he he told those guys, and then they tried to move the guarantee. Um, it's not unusual. Uh, sources say they uh, that I had, I, I wouldn't say I didn't, I said uh, no one threatened them. I'm saying my sources, my Broncos yes. sources say that uh, they didn't threaten them. And I just reported that. I reported both sides. You know, there's for a while, it was only Russ's side. I got the Broncos side. They said there was no way a threat. So I'm not sure how it was communicated. When Russ said they told him about the benching, they didn't tell him directly no one sat him down and said, you're going to be benched if you don't take this. Yeah. You know, his agent, it was all part of uh, his, his agent. But whatever. It, it is a black eye on the Broncos. No doubt about it. Um, it it's, a, it's embarrassing for them right now. However, I think it's real clear that the catalyst to this was Sean Payton didn't want Russell Wilson to be his quarterback anymore. And uh, that there's there's all kinds of evidence of that. And now Russ and his camp, and he's got a good agent, Mark Rogers. They're putting it out here. Look over here. This is because of the contract um, and the injury guarantee. That's why he's not playing. It's not because of performance. And the Broncos insist it's because of the performance. Knowing Sean Payton the way I do after one year here, I don't think he cares about the contract. Um, He cares about running his offense He's been frustrated with the offense. It's 25th in the league in total yards. It's 16th in points. And if you look at his record in New Orleans, he's been a top 10 guy every year. So he, um, he's. I, I really think he's benching Russ for performance reasons. And this, uh, and and the Wilson camp has responded uh, by saying, "Look, it's because of the contract reasons." And. Mm. Good for both sides. Good for, you know, good for both sides. (laughs) You know? So, Mike, here's kind of where it lies. Yeah.
3: Mike, this is Pete. Just wanted to ask you this. So when you look at Russ's numbers, they're they're not that bad. I mean, he's 66% completion. Yeah, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. But there is something that I just wanted to ask you and what your take is on this. We always hear these the talk and the rumors about uh, Russ is not as liked as people would imagine him to be uh, have Have you found that to be true with the Denver Broncos because I know that that has trailed him from his days in Seattle to denver and and I've heard this time and time again from folks that are kind of in the inside, but you're probably as inside as anybody. So does the team have that 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 type of does he have the leadership of the team or has he completely lost that?
2: Yeah, no. That I, I think that's. Um, I don't think there's uh, that. That's really irrelevant this year. There was a lot of that last year. Here, you know, the Seattle stuff spilled over, and um, and then the team was five and twelve last year. He was four and eleven, and and he didn't play well. And there was talk that he lost the locker room and all that. Because there was so much talk about a loss to the locker room, I think. Um, uh, you know, a, a lot of guys rallied around him and said that's not true. I don't think uh, whether they liked him or didn't like him had anything to do with it. I think last year was maybe an issue because he had his own office upstairs. You know, he had his own parking spaces for his family. He had um, his own coaches in the building, his masseuse, uh, his chiropractor, his personal quarterback coach. That There was some resentment there, I think, um, understandably so. Sean yeah. Payton took all of wow, you know, yeah. Sean Payton took all that away and said, "No, no, no, no. Good. You're part of the team here. You're not above the yeah. team." And so um, that was taken away. Now Russ still has that. Uh, you know, Russ has been a star. He married a star, and there is a celebrity aura about him um, where he's uh, difficult to approach. But it's not that people do not like him. Uh that, that's that's really irrelevant. What it's what it's about really is uh, you, you say he's got good numbers and he does. He he's eighth in the league. You can't deny that he was twenty seventh last year mm-hmm. in, in passer rating. He's eighth this year. So he's good. He's a top ten quarterback again. But where he's a top ten quarterback is in the fourth quarter when um when Sean Payton has to throw away the game plan and throw throw away the play sheet and Russ draws it up in the dirt and makes it up on his own, he's excellent. He's hard to stop. He's dangerous. You know, uh, uh, us, I, I guess, is part of his better <laughs> and, uh And that's how he is in the fourth quarter. Um, no one knows what he's doing. That's what makes him so tough to defend in the fourth quarter. Sean Payton Mike. is a very, very yep. uh, detailed and uh, controlling type coach. He wants to be in command. He wants the offense run this so there's a way to run it. It's proven to work. It's proven to work when he had Drew Brees, it proved to work when he had Teddy Bridgewater, when he had Jameis Winston. And so he believes in a system and Russ doesn't marry with that Sean Payton system. After eight games, they gave it a go. After eight games, Sean Payton let people know that's that's this isn't my guy going forward long term. Can still win games. But for the long term, uh don't think that's going. this is going to work. And so uh, that's when it leaned. It got a little worse here. They lost three of their last four. They're, uh, they're very remote playoff chances. There is that uh, injury. There is that ca- contract situation. They decided to pull the plug. Although, what's interesting, unlike Derek Carr last year, the Raiders sent Derek Carr home not to, to not even risk yeah. injury. Russ is still the backup quarterback today. I mean he's one play away from coming off the bench. Could you imagine with the, the twists and turns that could happen <laughs> today if Russ gets in the game? I mean uh um you know A uh imagine if he heroically leads them from behind to to win the game. And B, uh he gets hurt at the end of the yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean why they're making' them a backup it's, and but but the fact that they're making them a backup, I think supports the Broncos case, the Broncos side that this is a performance thing because if it was about injury and the contract yeah. they would make them the they would deactivate them and make them number three.
0: It's never a dull moment uh, in the n f l Mike Cliss from Nine News in Denver. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. I appreciate your time you guys nice, thanks guys. Thanks Mike. Mike uh and the Broncos by the way. Broncos hosting the Chargers this afternoon. I would be really interested Pete and I know we're going to break here but I'd be really interested next year who's who has the better chance of being on the roster, Russell Wilson uh or George pa- George Payton uh, yeah. in the front office cuz this, yeah. yeah, <laughs> this deal is not Let's talk about that. Yeah, this deal deal's not looking very good. We got more Huddle coming at you after this. That's, that's what, what they're I'm asking in Denver right now. What are we doing? Geez. What are we doing? It's uh, only we're also
3: five million, you know, against I the know. dead cap charge. Oh, that's Sure, like, he'll play till he's
0: fifty. <laughs> that's no problem. Luckily, you don't take any hits at the quarterback position, so everything will be just fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, we're also asking your New Year's resolutions throughout the show. Sports New Year's resolutions on the at the uh, WCCO Talking Text Line six five one four six one nine two two six. We've had a couple of great ones already. A couple coming into the text line. Where'd my window go? Hang on. I lost it. Wait. Give me a. Charlie, what's yours? You tell us yours while I try to find the the window because I just lost it. I'll go quick here.
4: Yeah, mine is I'm not going to uh, hold close and overvalue twins prospects when it comes to the trade (laughs) deadline. I am (laughs) such a big prospect guy who's like, oh, man, but this guy, he's going to be the next big one. He's going to be, you know, something fun and then you trade him for, you know, a good player. You trade a good you prospect for a good player and you should be happy with it. I, you know, Spencer Steer and Christian Encarnacion Strand and some of these guys I look back and I'm like, I don't even I don't even remember them. They were I was <laughs> so big on them when they were prospects and now they're doing okay elsewhere, but yeah. if you can trade a prospect for a real good player, I'm going to be just fine with that in the new year.
0: How long do you think you'll stick with that New Year's resolution? <laughs> 2 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a couple to the WCCO talking text line here. My sports resolution for the coming year is to pay more attention to the Timberwolves and the twins and much less attention to the Vikings and the wild.
3: Oh, come on. Join okay. the
0: team. Join, <laughs> I'm on, I'm on like board. A true Minnesota sports fan. Uh, let's see. We had one more too. Um, oh, uh, new year's resolution here. Never, ever again expecting Gopher football to beat Indiana, Purdue, the Illini, or Northwestern. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tell you what, it's that great. Northwestern team—that's another one where you look at them and what they finished the year. Uh, yeah. After, and we gave them the momentum, Dave. We, we really oh, did. Shit. We launched the momentum. We really Northwestern. Did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How does that make you feel? Uh, someone else texting in: Wilson is a washed-up Mahomes. He can't pull off the razzle-dazzle fluke he plays anymore. That was his shtick. I don't disagree with that. Although, as we had Mike Kliss on uh, last segment, that is when it's just ad-lib and you got to draw it up in the dirt, he's really good at that. That's not what Sean Payton loves to do, though. Uh, We didn't get a chance to talk about this with Mike, Pete, but I I don't see a way that George Payton survives this. When you swing this big for the fences – and and we're talking, as you brought up in the break, Herschel Walker-esque, Ricky Williams-esque trades. If you try to, if you pull, if you make this happen, just like Tim Connolly did with the Timberwolves and it's now working, if it doesn't work and it's not working in Denver, this is a tough one to survive.
3: Yeah, I don't know how he does. Quite honestly, yeah. I, I look at that from the GM role and what they did with not just Russell Wilson, but think about free agency just last year, Dave. I'm looking at it right now. They paid McClinchy 87.5 million dollars in offensive alignment. Right? Yes. That's that's a nice. How about that? Then you got Ben yeah. Powers, another offensive line one, 51 and a half million dollars. Zach Allen, a defensive end, 47 and three quarter million dollars. It's amazing what they've done and what little they can show for what they've done going out there in free agency, grabbing somebody like Russell Wilson, giving them guarantees, giving them all this money and putting the team in a position where in the future, think about this $85 million in dead cap charge for 2024. Mm -hmm. If they release him (laughs) at the end of this before, what is it that March 5th line or whatever it is deadline. So it's amazing, Dave. It, it's it's incredible, and uh, you got to point right at the GM, right, for what they do and how they spent the money, and obviously whatever coaching was involved with that, but. It still comes down to the GM's position and how they decided to do that. And these guys have dug a hole now that goes out into the distant future, right? <laughs> you know, it's whether huge. it's Russell Wilson or or some of the, the contracts that I told you. And by the way, a linebacker got 18 million bucks and you yeah. got another ten million bucks to to stid him, the quarterback I think is going to be playing today. He came from Las Vegas. So yeah. it's just a lot of money, Dave. And 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 what are they getting for it? Right, I mean it's it's either all or none, and they went in all, and they're getting none at this point.
0: Well, and how much? So I, I was looking over the terms of the deal. Uh-huh. So they get Broncos receive Russell Wilson and Ayoma Uwaziruke. I'm okay. sure that's not how you pronounce his name. <laughs> Here's who the Seahawks got: Drew Lock hasn't done much. Noah Fant's done pretty well for them. He's been yep. a pretty good tight end. They got the twenty, the second pick in the. Um, 2022 draft, which they used for Boye Mafe, who's had a great, who's had a very good season. Great player. I, I mean, it's it's such a it's such a big swing, and it's just not working. I I think, uh, my guess is Peyton will be gone. I, maybe Wilson will be gone. I would assume they're gonna he's gonna be gone. And whether that's just cutting him, I don't think they'll find a trade at this point. Uh, would you want him? Here's a question for you. Hmm. Do you want to see him in purple next year? No. (laughs) If you can't have – if you have to clear every – okay, here's the question. You have to clear all the quarterback room. You don't get any of them next year, and your options are trade for Russell Wilson or get uh, Baker Mayfield as a free agent.
3: Wait a minute. I don't know if I what like that choice either. It's
0: not even close. It's Baker Mayfield by a mile. You want it Mayfield, is, huh? By a I'm mile. with
3: you on that, Charlie, uh, 100%. But I I think there's others out there that you could go for. I, I, I don't know that we're down to well, just now, those we two. We went over <laughs> the
0: free agency list la- last week, I think, didn't we, Charlie? It wasn't, it wasn't very Baker good. Baker was
4: the top of it. He, yeah.
0: was, he was really our, our number. He was the
4: only name that was even a little interesting. And he's not, Let's don't get me guess. wrong, we're not calling him some phen- not phenomenal no, quarterback. That's right. But there's no. just, there's nobody out there really. Yeah, it would have to Well, be you trained. could have
0: Jacoby Percet. uh You could have Joe Flacco. By the way, yeah. Joe Flacco was available um, and we got Josh Dobbs instead? Yes. how did that
4: happen (laughs) who saw that coming nobody saw that coming i like nobody saw you can't blame anybody for that one because that's so absurd what he has done this month
3: but do nobody. we think Stefanski is is a little bit, maybe a little bit better than O'Connell at this point in time in the evaluation mm-hmm. process? For sure, right? I, I think mean, it comes down one versus to, the other,
0: <laughs> and may, maybe it was. A, I don't know what. I have no idea, uh, money wise, what Joe Flacco's making because clearly, I mean, he's league it's minimum. Nothing. He's
5: thirty eight. Yeah,
0: but he was there. He was yeah. available. Don't. I mean, no one saw it. But guess what? They're paid to know it. <laughs> That's their job. They have scouts that that fan the globe, and are everywhere. Okay. Joe
3: maybe Flacco, maybe you and didn't I didn't
0: know
4: it. know it. Joe Flacco didn't know it.
0: Oh, yeah, but, come on, no,
3: but guys. Uh, I would tell you this too. Who's who's more like Kirk Cousins and the offense that's been run by o- O'Connell? Yes, is it is it Flacco or or was it Josh Dobbs? It's exactly. not Josh Dobbs. We exactly, know that exactly, so, Peter.
0: You're a hundred percent right.
3: So given they, the offense that we run, given the receivers that we've got, you would think that Flacco would have been the better. Now, and this is not a slight at all towards, uh, you know, the quarterback situation with Dobbs, but Flacco fits what we yes. do far better. And and none of us could have predicted this, but their job as as coordinators and as football minds, that that is their job. Well, I think <laughs> –
4: Yeah, I think the thought though was that Dobbs wasn't even gonna be the guy, right? It was it was always gonna be Mullins' team. They needed somebody to hold over until Mullins, and they thought Mullins is the Kirk Cousins type of player. We already have him on the roster. He's gonna be the guy going forward. Then Josh Dobbs forced their hand with his play coming in, you know, off the bench. Okay. And then they end up there. So I mean I I see what
0: they're thinking. Be that as it may, (laughs) if my choice And based on what they've done, you when you get a job, you get it on your resume, and you're looking at resumes, and it says, "Hmm, Josh Dobbs, eh? Hmm, Nick Mullins, eh? Joe Flacco (laughs) has had an NFL career. Each NFL team they have 15 to 20 scouts, if not more. That is their job to know who is available, who is coming up, who is tradable. They do that. How did this get missed?
3: Well, it's the same group. Now, let's be honest, and not to be too harsh, but let's just be honest about this. The general manager, head coach, and all those around them, think about this last draft. We did get somebody good, right? Jordan Addison. Past yep. that, how, how was the rest of our draft? And you could go back to the year before and the year before. You could go back, you know, other regimes, and look, where, where, would, where did we actually really win? When did we really get great players that fit our system and what we want to do? And I think that's part of the problem as well, because outside of Jordan Addison, Jay Ward, has he has he really done a lot for us? How about did Louis C. I, Ivan
4: wait. Ivan Pace Jr.
3: Was he a free agent? He was an undrafted
4: free
0: agent, but they right. wanted him. They, they they gave him they gave him the biggest contract go. of, the, uh, of you, the undrafted free agents. That's right. why you have scouts who do that. They right. can find it. You mean to tell me? They can find an undrafted free agent linebacker, but you can't find Joe Flacco sitting on his couch.
3: And 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 how about maybe maybe the draft linebackers? Maybe there was a better linebacker that we could draft won. a quarterback
0: at some point.
3: Yeah, rather than right.
0: Aaron Hall corner, corner,
4: corner. in a couple
0: of hours. All Let's, right. You know what? Maybe he's an now. MVP, and we're all idiots. I'll exactly. take that too. And then next year, I'll apologize for not believing in him. We'll take a break and wrap up the show. Coming up next. You made it. Every single break had a Happy New Year's song. Charlie, well done. Yeah, We're well ending good.
4: with ABBA. We're, we're also going gonna to go out to a New Year's song. Is, is it ABBA next? or ABBA? I always say ABBA. I thought it was ABBA.
3: I got to tell you guys, I can't do the whole <laughs> <Alba> thing. <laughs> ABBA, Abba thing. Th- I think fan. anybody
4: that's ever seen you has said, yeah, that man can't do the ABBA thing. He's
3: probably not an <laughs> ABBA. I think,
4: I, think, <laughs> I think that comes off pretty clear. Hey, what
3: are you saying, yeah. man? <laughs>
0: You don't I give think, off the ABBA vibe, and I'm not I
3: saying that's a bad Pete thing. at
0: karaoke is a lot oh. of fun.
3: Oh, I'm a karaoke. I, I was in the state choir, you know, in, in high school. Oh, yeah. we, we won where the state as a choir. We won the state, and I even did an individual deal where it's just me up there and the whole deal. Wow. It's a solo. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah, a renaissance yeah. man. Oh, at Central High, let me tell you, we did Greece. We did a lot of things. We had a Look lot of fun. Look at you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, man. Good for you. Good for I you. I recruited
3: the entire football team. And the, the the way I did it was I told him, I said, "Hey, look, guys, uh, you get a free A. <laughs> you just got to you got to just show up." And the and the and the choir director thought that was the greatest strategy ever, and we ended up winning the state with all these guys because they had good deep voices and tenors and bases and all that stuff. It was great. <laughs>
0: uh, before we go today, really quickly, uh, wild with some serious injuries. Uh, Philip Gustafson was hurt yesterday. Kirill Kaprizov was hurt yesterday. They call up Nick Patan and Zane McIntyre. I would assume, and I don't know this yet, but I would assume that um, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury will play today in net against Winnipeg. So yesterday, if you missed it, one of the, and I don't remember his name from Winnipeg, took a really cheap shot at Kirill Kaprizov and cross-checked him in the kidney. He went down bad. Jake Middleton came out and beat the tar out of him. But if if you remember now, and this is, and I don't really have a call to action other than just this, just annoys me, because once again it's Winnipeg. They hurt. They were the ones that knocked Kirill Kaprizov out near the end of the season last year on a cheap hit. Hmm. The guy lays on his back, and Kaprizov does a full split. And now Winnipeg's done it again. And I, I got to be honest, I don't remember what the penalty was. I don't remember how much time he got. But honestly, like. If there's just not a huge bench-clearing brawl with the Winnipeg Jets today, game time 1 o'clock, I mean, come on. Like, enough's enough. They've gone after him twice. Jake Middleton came up. And and by, by the way, Jake Middleton... I of all the guys on the roster is the one guy that I don't think you ever want to mess with.
3: Never. I've met he's, him. He's a good guy. He's yeah. He's kind he's of nice. Good, I mean. <laughs> he's
0: quiet, but Holy cow. I mean, he just destroyed that kid that, yeah. that he was fighting. And, and it was a, he just demolished him. I predict that we will have a number of scuffles today in the game for the wild against uh, the, the Winnipeg jets. And you know what? They deserve it because two Two times now, cheap hits on uh, Kirill Kaprizov. That's got to be enough.
3: They're a pretty good team, Winnipeg, right? I mean, their Winnipeg goaltending it, has been great. Yeah, they've, they've, they've played got a really pretty well. good
0: goaltender, and and the Wild uh, have been bit on a tear before losing uh, last night.
3: We took two from the Bruins. That's pretty impressive.
0: Not too bad, and yeah. beat uh, beat up really well on that Detroit team. Yeah. All righty, gentlemen. Uh, happy New Year to you both. I hope everyone's New Year's resolutions come true. Have a wonderful New Year's. Have a safe New Year's. And I'll see you. We will see you all next Sunday.
5: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?